everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Red Card Report. This is episode 30. I am your host, Rui Pereira Jr., and I am here in the studio with Joe Capuano and unfortunately, the man, the myth, the legend, Dylan Ponte, the guy that does all the intros and leads us on to every single episode, is not here today. He is out, and yeah. I am going to be doing this show. I'm going to be taking his spot. I'm going to do my best. Joe, be so, with me, man. So far, so good. That's all I have to say. I'm doing my best. This it's is early. hard stuff. It's early, this but is, it's good. Man, credit to Dylan, man. This is hard. It's not easy to just, you know, start a show. I know he accuses us of being lazy and stuff. So, I, I mean, I think we're being proactive right now. Yeah, and, and he's definitely got a point. Definitely <laughs> got a point. Like, I'm, I'm like sweating right now. I think we're, <laughs> I, I, we're, we're, we're going to do it. Ronaldo, calma, 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 calma Tranquilo, tranquilo. That's it. So, Joe, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. I'm doing pretty good right now. I'm feeling, yeah. feeling pepped, and I'm ready to talk about some Argentine soccer. That's yeah. what I want to talk about, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm ready for that, too. I'm also ready to go up to Boston later tonight. This is Saturday. Uh, this is the day right. before Benfica and AC Milan. I'm going to go up tonight, meet up with the guys from Milan Philly and Milan New York. They got a little event going on over there. Should be exciting. I'm really, I'm really pumped, man. I'm really pumped. <laughs> this is my first ever uh, Milan game. Never been to the Sun Zero. Really? Never seen you a ne- Milan. Ever? Ever. Ever. Because they've been. This isn't the first time they've been to Gillette. I can tell you that much. They've been before. It was a few years ago, and I actually went to that game. This was a. This was a long time ago. It was when Cassano was on the team. Cassano. Yeah. So <laughs> I know I went to. I know I went to a Juventus game once many, many years ago. I think maybe in 2002. They played against oh, Barcelona wow. and it ended 2-2. Two two long and, ago. Yeah, this was a long time ago. And outside of that game, the only game I went to was with you. Any like Out of all like professional games was the one I went with uh, you down in Argentina. Seriously? In our trip. Yeah. Shit, I had no idea. Yeah, I've never been to any... Porto, never been... Never been to a professional game before. Well, we got to cross those off the list then. Shit. We yeah. have a lot of work to do. But anyway, as much as I would love to talk about Milan and we could talk about Serie A like we always do, we always bash heads, we go at each other a lot. We love to make memes and insult each other. But at the end of the day, we got love and respect. But today, I want to talk about Argentine, Argentine. football. Mm-hmm. And we're going to touch up a little bit on the Copa Libertadores. And for those that you don't, uh, for those of you that don't know, the Copa Libertadores is the Champions League of South America. It's the cream of the crop up down there. Yep. And it's absolutely exciting every single year. Yeah, just like the Champions League in Europe, it's always exciting. The best football there is. Yes, absolutely the best. This episode, we're going to do a little bit of a history between um, River Plate uh, and Boca Juniors, their own team history. Then we're going to do the Super Classical rivalry history, which is obviously the two River Plate and, and Boca Juniors. Then we're going to touch up a little bit on the on the Copa Libertadores round of 16 that is going on right now, and also the league that just started this weekend. Yeah. And a couple of games are going on in just right a few now. minutes. Yeah. yeah, right now. But before we get to all that, Joe and I, earlier this year, we went down to Argentina on holidays when it was fold up here. It was tons of snow, and we were down south in South America enjoying the 90 degree weather that we were having great food great culture music you know nightlife Uh, like it goes on and on and on how great um that country was to us yeah it didn't take much convincing when you were like hey 
uh, Joe, I want to go on a trip this year, but I don't know where to go. What? What? Like, let's make a list. Where Where would you want to go? Well, you and know, Argentina was number one for me. So it was yeah, like, it, boom. It, it was actually number one for for us both. But you know, it was just one of those trips that I don't I don't know if any of our listeners get this too. But for me, it's like, oh yeah, you know, th- that's a trip I always wanted to go to. Like, I would love to go to Argentina, but in the back of your mind, you're like, I'm never gonna go down there. Right, you know, you just and like, then you no, don't get around to go it. With and yeah. you know, it's hard for people to just take the time off. And somehow we made it. We made it happen, mm-hmm. and it was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Awesome experience. Love that place and dying to go back. And one of the best things too is obviously the culture in Argentina is just amazing, mm-hmm. amazing. But the football culture. That the was second. The yeah. second we left the airport. The moment we got on, um, we, we took the taxi ride into the city, which was about 45 minutes without traffic. So yeah. we were in this in this pretty car for quite a while, quite some time. It took a little bit to get there. That's because Buenos is just such a huge city, too. So exactly. Like, right. But just that ride alone, all we talked about with the taxi driver, who spoke pretty, pretty damn good English, too, was just football. Mm-hmm. And the way that he was just expressing, like, how big it is in the country, you know, and all that stuff. And we told him that we got uh, tickets to uh, San Lorenzo and Independiente. And he was like, wow, those are, like, two of the big teams, two of the biggest teams in, in Argentina, two of the top five. Yeah, I think he was also impressed just because he was like, oh, you're going to that neighborhood? Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. But that, his jaw dropped to the floor. That's he was just beside like, the point. Be careful. <laughs> be careful. And then we told him, you know, we booked this through an excursion company and all that. And he was like, okay. That's, You'll be good. Just that's the right way to do it. Make sure you wear the San Lorenzo jersey yeah. or colors. Do not wear anything else. He was really awesome. We talked a lot. He was a huge Huracan fan. He had that little thing hanging from the mirror. Mm-hmm. Like he, he was, you know, in Huracan, you know, as he told us, we try to put ourselves as the number six big team, but most of Argentinian followers just don't really buy it. Right. But you can tell how much he loved his team and the way he was just expressing how big football means to the people, how much it means to the people down in Argentina. For years and years, they've always had some economic crisis. It used to be one of the most prosperous countries to go to. Yep. A lot of immigrants would come and just expand the game. And like you said, Rui, it just went through like a bunch of economic turnovers. And players would come and players would go and blah, blah, blah. And here we are. The people still follow their team they love their game and it's just it's everything to them it's crazy how much how much impact you, the neighborhood that you just grow up in and even your your what is it um try to explain your social status yeah, your social status and yep. your your economic status your financial status plays a part in who in the team that you you support yeah maybe not so much now but definitely back in the day and it's kind of it still carries you know, over a little bit. Well, definitely, sure. definitely the neighborhoods. Definitely the neighborhoods. Because the top five teams, which are Boca Juniors, River Plate, Independiente, Racing Club, and San Lorenzo, San Lorenzo. they're all in different neighborhoods, except for Racing Club and Independiente, whose stadiums are literally, literally across the street from each other. Yeah. And when you told me that, I was like, what? Yeah, Who just, does that? And they're <laughs> massive stadiums. Yeah. You can see them. You can literally see them right next to each other. Only in Argentina. Only in Argentina. That is just another reason why the Argentinians just are absolutely mad for football. Yep. But 
obviously, we're not here to talk about our trip, just our just trip. Just our trip. We got to talk about the real stuff, why we're here, yeah. and it's football. Exactly. So, Joe, you being a, a River Plate supporter, we're not massive diehard supporters of yeah, we're not ultra of Argentinian guy. clubs. No, I like Boca Juniors. You like River Plate. But we follow the league, and we like watching the games. You and I were watching the Copa Libertadores final last year. We watched the Derby mm-hmm. and the regular season last year, and it was awesome. It was awesome. It love was it. absolutely awesome. And it, it, and you know what? As much as I love watching City, as much as I love watching Manchester United, just watching Argentinian football on TV is something that's so unique. Good. It, it really is. It's unique. like you all you you just feel you feel the passion. You yeah. feel the intensity, the the emotions. It's it comes through the fans, even though you're separated by thousands of miles. You can feel the fans just like they ah. Uh, I don't know, like like you said, you can't quite explain it, but it just somehow bleeds through the TV, and you can just see it on the players' faces. You can see it on the fans' faces. Honestly, it's it's for me, it's one of the best leagues to watch. Absolutely. Very competitive every single year. Um, last Very year, underrated league, I would say. It is. It's not as talented as it once was. Um, Fair point. And you know what? A lot of, and you can say that about a lot of leagues, not just in South America, but in, in Europe as well. Look, the Portuguese league kind of dipped down a little bit in, in yeah. quality. You know, Benfica and Porto used to go and compete in the Champions League a lot further than they do now. Um, the Eredivisie. Right. Ajax, PSV, and Feyenoord, those were heavyweights in Europe mm-hmm. at one point. And the French League as well, Marseille, Lyon, they used to be heavyweights. Now they're not. And all of those teams that we just mentioned, even though Ajax had a tremendous run this year, um, they are a money ball system. Th- those are all money ball yeah. system teams. And that's they need what to Ar- produce young talent right. and sell in order to survive. And that's what Argen- the Argentine League is sort of Yep, and that's what, it's, that's what it's become now. Uh, tons of young talent and a lot of players beyond their years end up going down there. A lot of Argentinians. Mm-hmm. Fernando Gago, Pablo Perez. Players, players who, like that. Wh- who also love the league so much that they just want to go the back and they want to go And that's, exactly. the, that's the best thing. Right. Um, that's like, what makes it special. Exactly. That's the best thing about uh, about being, Ar- I guess, being Argentinian. You're just grown up with this passion and it's different than almost any other country. Each country has passion in different ways, but in Argentina, it's just so unique. So unique. But anyway, I do want to talk, I want to touch up on the histories of both River Plate and Boca Juniors, the Super Classico. Yeah. They're um, the two biggest clubs. So we In my opinion, to. it's the greatest rivalry in all of football, in, I would, in the history of football. I would argue even probably in sports in general. Yeah. I, I can't I, think of something that goes this deep, man. That's yeah, all. I mean, football is definitely my forte when it comes to all sports. Yeah. Um, so I, I can't really I don't know, make maybe a comparison. But yeah, bold statement, I know. When it comes to football, it, in my opinion, it's Boca Juniors. River and River Plate. Plate. So, you being the the River Plate fan, I want you to really take just take control. Just give us a little bit of a background info on on just the history. Okay. Yeah. It it really does. I I hope that us giving the history about both of these clubs kind of sort of paints a picture for you, the listener, as to why you know this league is so special. Anyway, so River Plate was founded 118 years ago in 1901 in the Boca section of Buenos Aires when two clubs merged together. 
Um, the majority of the founders were Italian immigrants because there were a shit ton of them back then. And uh, coincidentally, there were also a lot of English immigrants. Uh, you probably won't find that on Wikipedia. You might. I don't know. But there were a lot of them, and a lot of them were railroad, railroad workers and sailors who actually brought soccer, football, to Argentina, and they would play, and that's how the game got popular. Apparently, some sailors had left boxes in the harbor or something, and one of the uh, River Plate original members saw that on the box it said River Plate, the anglicized words for uh, what's the what's the uh, Spanish word for river? Uh, Rio de la Plata. Re, yep. So that was that's so what, in translation River Plate. River Plate. Right. Exactly. So and, and you know it, it's so funny how. River Plate became it because they they were two clubs that just merged into one. Yeah. And all the directors, when they made that agreement, they were like, what the hell are we going to call this club? Right. And boom. Boom. Like, Some guy saw it writ, River Plate written on a box and was like, that would be a great name for a club. So it's been called River Plate ever since. They were called, I mean, they actually wore an all white jersey. And uh, apparently there were too many teams that were wearing white jerseys. So they were like, what can we do to make our jersey stand out? They went back to the homeland of a lot of these members, Italy. A lot of them came from Genoa. And one of the symbols of Genoa is a shield and it's red. Right. So they were like, oh, we'll just put a red stripe across our, our chest. Just to add a little bit of color. Just to add a little bit of color. It. And it's <laughs> been an iconic jersey like that ever since. It's it's hardly changed. Right. Which is awesome. You really don't see that, especially in the modern game where every jersey gets changed every season. This one hardly changes. Another fun fact, River actually started in the third division, but through a little hard work, they made it up to the first division in the Argentine League in 1908. It's crazy. How many teams do we know actually have some sort of history like that? Very few. Very few, especially with as many uh, touches of immigrants. You know, they all played a part in the development of this club, and I'm sure it's a it's a similar story with uh, with Boca Juniors, right? Yeah, it's something similar. So, you want to hit us with that? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, Boca Juniors, just like their arch rival, arch nemesis, <laughs> River Plate, were founded in the La Boca area. Obviously, they're known as La Boca, uh, Boca Juniors. They were founded in April 3rd of 1905. The word juniors was added just in honor of the British who introduced the sport to the country, as you mentioned before. The, the Argentinian, some, a few of the Argentinian teams really appreciated the British for bringing that sport because once they introduced the sport to them, they were like, I love this. <laughs> and it just spread like the plague. Yep. It spread like the plague. And they were like, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna commemorate the British. We're gonna have some just a little. We're, touch. we're gonna add a little a little English to the name. So they added uh, juniors uh, to the end of uh, Boca. That's how that's how the name that's came the about. Name. Boca played their first match on April twenty first, nineteen o five. Originally, they wore white kits with black stripes, and it, there was another team too in La Boca. That also had the same, practically the same jersey. And one day, the two clubs were just like, you know what? 
I want the black and white jersey. Yeah. You can you can pick something else. And they were like, no. So brilliantly, this is how they did business back then. They said, All right, we'll play you the for only it. Way, the, the, the only way we're gonna settle this is we'll play you for it. We'll have a match. Winner keeps the jersey, loser has to go change. Obviously, Boca Juniors lost. For for days and days and days, the directory at Boca Juniors, they were like, What colors are we gonna use? And one of the directors said, well, you know what? The next ship that comes into the harbor, whatever country it comes from, or whatever the color of the flag is on the boat, we're going to change the club's colors colors to those. And little do you know, a Swedish ship out of all countries happened to sail into the harbor in Buenos Aires. And they were like, that is... That's it. That's it. Gold and yellow, or I mean, uh, gold and blue. That's what or they blue say. And yellow. They say gold. Yeah, they and say oro. I mean, gold yes, and blue. It's so, funny. They both can't. Both uh, clubs just relied on the harbor for the names of their clubs. And I absolutely love the two colors together. I oh yeah, like every it works. single year. I don't think Boca Juniors ever had a bad jersey. No, I don't think so either. But anyway, Boca made it to the first division in 1913. It took them about eight years to get up there. Far longer. Then River Plate, and about what was it? Five years after, yeah, nineteen oh eight, right, Joe? Yeah, nineteen. So yeah, about five years after River Plate made it into the first division, and in nineteen forty, they built the historical stadium Estadio Alberto J. Armando, also known as La Bombonera, also known as the Chocolate Box. The Chocolate Box. To this day, it is still there. It's the same stadium that they play in. Mm-hmm. Just looking back at. All the matches, the World Cup, I believe, was in 78 down in Argentina. Yeah. The history there and just the countless matches, the Copa Libertadores, the league, the Copa Argentina. We're talking about hundreds and hundreds of classic matches with big teams. It's it's full of history. Yeah. And that was one of the best things about our trip was being able... Being able to to go into La Bombanera and also El Monumental... And just walking through decades and decades of history. Yeah. How much super cool. How much their players from both sides contributed to the national teams. And I believe the one in seventy eight when they won, I believe the majority of the players were from River Plate. Most of them were. Is that the museum? It was at it was yeah. at El Monumental where they had all like the the, the, the mannequins yeah, of the like players of with the jerseys. Players. And yeah. the majority of the team was from River Plate. Yeah. You can see it. The captain, um, Passarella, was um, from River Plate. He was the captain of River Plate at the time. So Yeah. Yeah. And just since we're like talking a little bit about the national team, how about the first national team from Argentina? Right. Right. The, the majority the of them majority were British. Were, they were all Englishmen. They were all Englishmen. Immigrants. Just like the little I, thing. I, I wish I had a list of the name. I would have shared it with the audience or for the people that, like, are, that are listening. It's like, what? Yeah, they're like, oh, they're from Argentina? No way. Yeah, yeah, apparently they were all Englishmen. Yep. Makes no sense. So, moving on, I want to talk about a little bit of the history just between the both teams. Yep. Like The said, rivalry between the two. The rivalry, Super Classico, some, some facts going on. So, um, so, Boca and River Plate played their first match in 1913, obviously the first year that Boca Juniors made it to the to the first division right. river plate was waiting for five years like where are these guys <laughs> oh yeah we're they, about yeah, to make knew. history they already know we're about to make history and river plate joe your boys 
took they the won. dub on that one, two to one, the first matchup ever. Yep. And imagine being at that game, and not knowing what was going to happen. Right. And this was also when both of them were still in Bo- in La Boca. Exactly. Yeah. Well, as we mentioned before. Boca and River play wasn't just fueled by being from the same city. The rivalry wasn't just fueled by being from the same city. Class division and yep, social s- status, social status, uh, everything and played a role. Boca Juniors was was known to be supported by the poor, the quote unquote working class, and River Plate was supported by the middle and upper class. Upper class. They were actually one of the nicknames for River Plate was Los Millonarios, which you could say. That it's also because of, it was because of their fan base, but the reason they got that nickname is because they splashed some cash on some players. Uh, back in the day, they spent forty five thousand pesos on two players back in nineteen thirty two, and uh, their squad ended up being the uh, reigning champions that year. So that's how they got. Yeah, they were lagging behind Boca Juniors because for a while, right in the beginning, yeah. late twenties and early thir- um, in the early thirties, Boca Juniors was just. Wham, 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 wham. We're just winning. And River Plate was like, you know, we so, got money. Yeah. We got money, and they just dished it out the following year. Champs. Yep. They were PSG. Before PSG was PSG. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Los Millonarios. And actually, before that, if we want to backtrack, yeah. um, River actually left the Boca area back in 1922. So, 10 years before they actually became Los, Millonari- yep. Los Millonarios. If you- and they built a, uh, another stadium. So, if uh, any Boca fan wanted to, like, you know, call them rich, yeah, they had the money to go build another stadium, whatever. They just, um, the story behind that is that at, they played Boca to see who would stay. Yeah, because both teams are like, Boca, you know what? Right? Hey, this neighborhood, it's not big enough for the both of us. Right. One of us, one of us has, has to, to get the hell out. And Boca Juniors is like, "Hey, we have Play to do us. this with our jerseys. We're gonna do it with you for the uh, for the neighborhood." So they challenged uh, River Plate for the neighborhood, the neighborhood rights. Who's gonna stay in La Boca? Yeah, this and is like some like schoolyard shit, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, what what would Boca Juniors be called today if they if they, if they lost? were yeah if they weren't in Boca what, Belgrano Juniors? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't have the same ring to it. You're right. Obviously, Boca Juniors won. And River Plate had got to the be, hell out. Yeah, River Plate had to move to the northern part of the state. Was it was it Recoleta first? Recoleta. Yep, Recoleta, and then they moved. They moved again from Recoleta to Belgrano, which is even further north. Yeah. Recoleta is an awesome neighborhood, by the way. Cool. Uh, it sounds morbid, but they have a really cool cemetery that we walked through. Yeah. If you want to see some really awesome, uh, intricate sculptures and stuff. That's something to like. It's go. really historic and it's really cool, and you'll get lost. Don't go there at night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, d- definitely don't go at night. So yeah, they went up to even further north to a much Belgrano. richer and wealthy uh, neighborhood. Yep, Belgrano, and that's where they built uh, the El Monumental El Stadium, Monumental, which is the national stadium for the Argentine national team, and the largest one in the country, I believe. Yep. It's bigger than La Bombonera. Mm-hmm. When we were there at the stadium and at, at uh, El Monumental, and we did the whole tour and everything, it was really amazing how much work that they put into that stadium mm-hmm. just to just to fit everyone. And you know, as as the the sport grew in the country, well, it grew quick. It was massive quick. Yeah. 
as the time came to for the World Cup back in in seventy eight, they had to add an entire section just yeah. to fill another fill for tier. Everyone. Because that was the main stadium. That's where all the big games were going to play. It was the biggest stadium in the country. And they didn't have enough funds to build stadiums like all the countries do today when they are, when they are chosen right. uh, to host the, the, uh, the tournament. Mm-hmm. So when nowadays, they just built stadiums like there's no tomorrow. Back then, it just wasn't like that. It was like a little that. bit more work, yeah. One last thing just to add. Both sides love to insult the hell out of each other. A couple of things that we just want to toss in there. River Plate are known as the Las Galinas, which means the the chickens, because they are known to lose in quote unquote big games. Yeah, um, the Carlos Tevez famous uh, yeah the famous celebration. Dance. I think it was when he scored against Boca Juniors. I don't know if it was in the league or or in Copa Libertadores, but he is famously known for as doing that celebrating right in the front uh, River Plate chicken dance after he scored a goal against River Plate. Um, but how about this? Messed up situation. As we said before. Love to insult each other. And, and, and it goes far worse. I mean, we were at the game in the Pendiente and, and San Lorenzo where we had, we saw like an eight-year-old kid yeah, really like, insult- madre. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like just insulting the other team and the referee. It, it was just madness. And it goes to a certain, uh, uh, an extensive degree of like the chance, insults. the insults. We're They're, not going to repeat. Some we're not going to repeat any of this stuff, but it's absolutely madness. And there's no other country really that 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 can really equate to all this. Yeah, because if they were in like England, these guys would get thrown out. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the clubs would get fined. It's a different world down there. So, not to get off track, but River Plate fans tend to call <laughs> Boca Junior fans los posteros, which in translation are manure collectors. So. La Boca would flood because of the river and the elevation of the area. And, you know, from heavy rains, believe it or not, Boca, Jun- uh, Boca Juniors, Jesus, um, Buenos Aires can get really rainy and yeah. they can have periods of heavy, heavy rain and, and large amounts of precipitation that would cause certain areas of the neighborhood to flood, even sometimes downtown too, the city yeah. center. But Boca, uh, La Boca would always get hit because it's a little bit below uh, sea level and it's right by the river. So when that happens, the neighborhood starts to stink. Yeah. And not only do they make fun of it because it smells, they also start, you know, bringing in the whole class. Yeah, the class, class disparity warfare. and all that good stuff. You can tell just like, you know, as we mentioned before, the social status. It goes deep. Financial status. Your neighborhood. It all plays a part in who you support. The hatred, the hatred runs deep and uh, for a very long time. Joe, let's touch up on just, just some statistics between both clubs. Sure. All right. I'm just gonna go one by one. At the end, I want you to let me know. And you know, you're not a really biased guy. You're gonna be honest, and I'm gonna do my part. But at the end, I want you to let me let me and everyone else that's listening know who you think is the bigger team. Sure. And also, for everyone that's listening, if you want to leave a comment below, or maybe I'll just put out a question on Twitter and you guys can just answer after you listen to the episode, let us know who you think, in your opinion, who the better team is, the bigger club, El Mas Grande, as River Plate like to call themselves. Sure. So, in head-to-head matchups, they played 249 matches. Boca Juniors won 88, River Plate 83. League titles, River Plate 36. Boca Juniors, 33. Really close. Yeah. 
Really, really close. Close. Domestic Cups. Boca Juniors, 12. River Plate, 11. Again, close. Copa Libertadores. Boca Juniors, 6. River Plate, 4. Continental Titles. Boca Juniors, 18. River Plate, 11. International Titles. And Continental uh, Titles included. So, everything everything together. Boca Juniors, 22. River Plate, 17. Again, it's really not that big of a gap. No. Conmebol Treble. Boca Juniors, 1. River Plate, 0. And Boca Juniors are one out of eight teams that were able to achieve this feat. Total official titles, Boca Juniors, 67. River Plate, 64. And there's one last thing that I want to add to this. And I think this, you know, I think this plays a big part. Mm -hmm. I don't like to do this because we're talking about almost 100, over 100 years of history between the two clubs. So occasionally, everyone's going to have their own Banta era. And Banta eras can vary. Sometimes they're worse than others. Yep. Um, times relegated. Boca Juniors has never been relegated. And River Plate has. I believe it was in 2011. And they yep. were regulated. Uh, re- I'm sorry. Relegated. I always say this. Regulated. When no, I'm talking yeah. about relegation. I'm sorry. Yep. I'm talking about relegation. Sorry, folks. They were relegated in a time where the Argentinian League agreed to change the system of relegation. So I'm not sure if you're really familiar on how this works. And I did some research on it. I'm not really a big fan of it because it's supposed to benefit the big clubs. Uh And this is where River Plate really took a huge L. Basically, for the team, you can finish last place in one league. Let's say your team, Joe, just got uh, finished 20th place. Yep, dead last. Dead last. You're not guaranteed to be to be relegated. It's actually an average, an average of points in the last three seasons that you played in the league. For example, River Plate were at the bottom of the table for two seasons, the first two seasons of the three where they based the relegation on. Right. And I believe in the, in the third final season, they finished in the middle of the table or maybe even like up, up a little bit higher. Upper middle, it yeah. still was no good. So they got relegated. So they got relegated where they probably finished in 7th or 8th place. I, I don't have the, the, the actual statistics, but they probably finished 7th yeah, or 6th. that's a really but, shitty way to do but it, But then again, it? like, you know, you finish in the bottom of the table two years. And what I mean by bottle, I mean, like, last, last. second last yeah. for two years straight, and you're still in the, in, in the first division. The so first you kind of see how this benefits the bigger, the the wealthier clubs because the teams they with the most money doing have... Better. More money right. to invest in youth academies and buy players, All et cetera, that. et cetera, yep. et cetera, right? Like, they should have done better. But it wasn't the case. So, like, this is a huge L for for, for River Plate. Yeah. But also, there's one last thing, too. The uh, Copa Libertadores, I want to add this on, too, because this benefits uh, River Plate fans. And you love to talk about this because we both watched this game together. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, the Copa Libertadores final. Now... As much history as both teams have, and as dominant as they have been in South American football, obviously in Argentina too, yep. they never met in the Copa Libertadores final never until final. last season. Yep, They played the first leg at La Bombanera. Just to let you guys know, the finals of the Copa Libertadores, they're played with two legs. Yep. And I believe that last year was the last year. It was the last year. And this year Correct. they're just going to do one a single knockout just phase. One. Boom. Right. In a neutral site. That and uh, there was no away goal rule, so yes, it didn't matter. That plays a huge part because in the first match, it was a draw, two to two at La Bombanera. They had to play the the second leg at El, Mo- Monumental. El Monumental. They 
they had to cancel the, they had to postpone the game a couple of times because of riots and attacking uh, the River Plate fans were attacking the Boca Juniors uh, bus and, and causing riots and making it difficult for the players and the team, the staff yeah. to get into the stadium. So the Conmebol came up with a solution of having this in a neutral site and they thought it would be safe to not have this game being played in uh, Argentina, in, not just in Argentina, in South America, because they could have went to to Brazil. They could have went to Uruguay, just over the river. So they came up with the solution of having this game p- being played at the Bernabeu in Madrid, where Real Madrid plays. I, I just, I don't want to interrupt you, Rui, but I want that to sink in for just one second. Yeah, I think I know picture, where you're going with this. Yeah, picture the Super Bowl not being played in the United States. Just Madness. picture that for one second. It got so bad. Just picture it being so bad in the United States that we are not able to play the Super Bowl here. It needs to be in like London or, or I don't know, France or something. Just think about that. Absolutely insane. Yeah. And it, it's so funny too because the, the tournament name is the Copa Libertadores, right? Yeah. And why, why is that? Because they got it, free, they yeah, were free. They, yes, they were from Spain. They were named. <laughs> <laughs> so it was to commemorate the liberators from the Spanish rule, the Spanish kingdom. Well, and they're they going to go, go have it in Spain. And they have it in Spain. So it, that pissed off so many people. Yeah, you know, and I, I understand you. The safety counts, and I think they should have just at least moved this to a different, a, maybe a different country in South America. I, I, I don't I know. Don't know. Whatever. I, I understand the frustration, but then again, it was it was pretty cool to have the final played in the Bernabeu. I don't know if the average Argentinian football fan would agree. Yeah, we didn't take a poll. Exactly. But I think from being there and talking to all the fans about that final, well, not fans, like just random people about that final, they weren't really happy about the site Yeah, that it was played in. Well, I don't think that they were happy about the game in general. I don't think anyone wanted, wanted this to happen, you know, just to... Uh, not to get off track again. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So, River Plate, they ended up playing the final in the second leg. River Plate won 3-1. to one. But before the game ended in, in extra time, in the 90th minute, the score was 1-1. One to one. This is where the away factor doesn't, it still doesn't, doesn't apply because if that were the case, River Plate would have won after 90 minutes based on away goal rule. They went into extra time, and it was just all River Plate. It was all River Plate. Despite Boca Juniors kind of getting a little cheap shot red card on Barrios, where the 50-50 challenge was a little too... It could have gone either way. It could have went either way, but it wasn't There was no. Ne- it wasn't necessary to give a card, a second yellow, in extra time, in a final. It, it was just too... It was too harsh. Some more spice. It, it was a too harsh. Spice on the, game. the final was just too good as it is, as it was at the moment, and he, he kind of just ruined it. And before uh, River Plate scored their third goal in uh, really late into extra time, I think there was only a minute left yeah, after, like the, after they scored the third goal, Boca Juniors came so close from scoring they a did. man down, and it would have probably forced penalties, and that's what they wanted. That's all they could do. And at that time, they were playing with t- not... They were already down one man, but Fernando Gago got hurt in yeah. extra time. Oh, so they were right. playing yeah. with, with nine, nine men. He has a history of injuries, yeah, too. It, uh, you know, that guy was plagued with injuries. It's too bad that, that he suffered. He got injured so much. He suffered dearly. So, 
So yeah, I mean, Joe, uh, River Plate fans really like to use that as as uh, getting on the podium yeah, and being like, where oh, the, I think we're a bigger big team than. Yep. I think we're a bigger team than Boca because yeah, they this won where was it the final of all finals, and we were watching the game. It, tell. it looked like it was the last game, the last football match that will ever be played. After that night, <laughs> the, the, the sport <laughs> retires, good, yep. it dies, there's no more. That's that's the feeling that I got. Yeah, you're right. That's a very good way to describe it. I know what you're going to ask, though, Rui. You're going to ask, so which which team do I think is bigger? Um, I would be really biased if I were to say River Plate. Right. Um, but you can make a case. I, you, can, you can make a significant case. I feel... It's kind of like, and I think I might even have mentioned this to you before. One can't exist without the other. I don't. I don't. I don't want to live in a world where there's only Boca Juniors or there's only River Plate. It just it would not be the same, right? If you know what I mean. So, but in terms of your question, like which team's bigger? I go back to the Boca Juniors of the '90s when they had like um, Martin Palermo. Mikael me, uh, Maradona was back on the team. All that. Awesome I, I don't stuff. know if he but, made. It. I don't think he made it in the late nineties. He wasn't there in the that late nineties. That was 90s. the early, late eighties, early nineties. But 90s. you know what? That late nineties team stemmed from the time that that uh, Maradona him. was on that team. Right. You know. Yep. And they went to Europe, or they faced tons of European competition, and just won. They were fantastic. They beat Real Madrid in two thousand. The FIFA World Club Cup final. Mm. So everyone's like, okay. But guess who they did it to again in 2003? Milan. That stacked Milan. And, and Real it Madrid was, a, was... That was a stacked team. That was Both a, of them oh were stacked. Oh, my God. But I, 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 this goes really... This is really overlooked. It defies How logic. great the, uh, the, the Boca Juniors team was in the late 90s in 2003. I shit you not. They would be Champions League contenders if they played in if Europe they played around in that Europe. time. So... To get to to get to the the meat of your answer, it's got to be Boca. Whenever you think Argentina, the first thing you usually think of is Boca. So a lot of people think River Plate too. I yeah, that's not to discredit River Plate, but it's I think Boca Juniors is a little bit more popular because they're yeah. known as a team that's just full of passion. They run on passion, yep. where River Plate's just more that technical, organized team. Mm-hmm. They have their shit together. And you know, Boca Juniors is is kind of like street ball. Crazy about you're the from game. the streets. You're right. just you're born with it. Not to say that like River Plate players aren't like that, but they're just more tactical and organized. Yeah. Where in Boca Juniors, it's just free for all. Well, here's another thing to point out: is remember when we went to the Bombonera and they had we were sitting in the in the fan section, and they have that giant like I don't know 120 foot fence separating them from the field. They don't have that in the Monumental. You want to know why? Because the Boca Junior fans are so fucking crazy. Whenever they score a goal, they storm the field and they try and climb that fence. Or they can even attack the players, too. Exactly. They're just so hungry for the game. So passion is not even the right descriptor for it. It's just an absolute madness about the game. It's radicalism. Yep, you were right. Yeah. River Plate's more technical, Boca more passion. So, Joe, um, we're, I just want to like touch up just a little bit on on the Copa Libertadores. the The round of sixteen just started this past week. The first leg. Yeah, I was surprised when you told me that. 
Yeah, it's like weird how this thing goes because it's not all in the same calendar season. Yeah, it's, it's just not like the Europe. year. So the end of the 2018-19 season towards the, the January month starts the Copa Libertadores just for the 2019, which is kind of for the year of 2019, which is weird because there's a transfer window right in between. So the team... The team that you um the team that you play with in in the group stage it could not be the team be that you different. stay with yeah. exactly and I know it happens in Europe too because obviously you have the the, the, the January, January transfer window. window right but this is a money ball league yeah there's it's a little so different. many sales going on and teams are going uh, players are going in and out look at I mean look at Daniel De Rossi he's going to to play in this in in. In the knockout stages of the Copa Libertadores, uh, uh, Nandez from Boca Juniors is is practically going, on his way out. He's going yeah. to Cagliari for eighteen million euros. Christian Pavon's in talks with with um, the LA Galaxy. He's practically on his way out. Those are two key players. Yeah. So it's really it's, it's, it's just odd. It's odd to talk about. But anyway, um, so I just want to touch up on the first leg. Sure. Which was played last Tuesday. Yeah, it was last Tuesday. So I'm going to start with your boys. River Plate tied with the Brazilian team Cruzeiro 0-0. Godoy Cruz also tied with Palmeiras from from Brazil. Godoy Cruz is from Argentina. This was a shocker because Palmeiras is heavily, heavily favored to win win this. They just won the Brazilian league in a dominant fashion. Usually that that league is very competitive. Mm Mm-hmm. Palmeiras just cruising through, and they are the absolute favorites this year, and they drew the first leg. Quito, they defeated Olympia 3-1. San Lorenzo, 0-0 against Cerro Porteño. Nacional took a loss against Brazil's Internacional 1-0, another uh, favorite. Yep, another favorite. Emelec shockingly won against uh, Flamengo, where Felipe Luiz... Uh, just from, signed. Just signed. And also Rafinha from, from Bayern Munich just signed with them. Shit, really? Yeah. Wow. The right back. So they got two new fullbacks with tons of experience. So hopefully in the second leg Their luck for changes. them, right. they can just turn things around. Um, Atletico PR took a, a loss against Boca Juniors right at the end. Yep, no surprise. By McAllister's rocket of a strike. And they just defeated them in the group stage prior to get into the knockout stage, and somehow they ended up playing in the again. Uh, playing again, it happens. And what a shot out of nowhere! And it was a stupid mistake from um, from Atletico's uh, defender, where McAllister just intercepted the pass, and he just ripped it top corner and sealed the deal for Boca. Daniel De Rossi. Kind of has this leverage right now because he's gonna be playing next week, hopefully, for the second leg. He has an he has an advantage. His team is winning one nil going into the second leg. I hope for him to go far. Yeah, I hope so too. And last but not least, Gremio defeated Libertad two nil. Yep, another Brazilian team. As I mentioned before, Palmeiras are the favorites. Yep, followed by Flamengo, Internacional. And River Plate is actually ahead of Boca Juniors. But I don't think it's going to... Boca Juniors is right behind. Yeah. I think they're the fifth favorite team to win it all. And they're in the I don't think it's going to stop them. I think last year's loss 
in the final is just going to energize them. I think Carlos Tevez is just going to be like, you know what, I think this might be my last season. Daniel De Rossi, this is his, his last, last season. season. Hopefully, hopefully Nandez, the Nandez rumors yeah. aren't true. It looks like they are. I think it, it's going to happen. Otherwise, De Rossi wouldn't have shown up either, otherwise. You know, I think it, he's taking that slot. Yeah, and imagine just having Nandez and, and, and De, Rossi De Rossi in the midfield. Just an excellent. That would be an that excellent be combination because they're two different players and they can compensate each other's uh, flaws and work together. Yep. Nandes is a little bit more offensive, where De Rossi's just that brick, that yeah. rock, right in the middle of the field. And I think Pavon is out of all of them. I think Pavon's the real, the yeah. real loss there because he's he was the he's the talent in that squad. So one last thing before we wrap things up: the Argentinian league started yesterday. Yep. Racing Club played the first and only game of yesterday. Now all the, the rest of the teams are are playing uh, today Ten and tomorrow, tomorrow, the first match day of the brand new season. I really encourage you guys, um, for you guys that, that are listening, to really try and, and follow. Maybe just, if you can get Fanatis, it's a great package. It's really not that expensive. Um, you can get a, a bunch of... A, bu- bunch a bunch of, bunch of channels, a bunch of leagues. You can watch all the derbies in the Portuguese league, which are really exciting. French the league. French league, the Argentinian league, uh, Copa Libertadores. You know, if you're not doing anything and there's no Premier League, there's no La Liga, there's no French league, no whatever league that you follow, tune in, uh, grab Fanatis, check the games out, and you will be impressed on how competitive the Argentinian league is. Yeah. So... Joe, I don't know, man. Dylan's not here. Yeah, the, so like, Dylan, this is the point in the show where Dylan be like, uh, "Boys, uh, any uh, any last words? Any final words before we uh, wrap things up?" I don't know, Joe. Do you got anything? Uh, vamos River. That's okay. what I want to say. Well, I'm gonna go vamos Boca. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you're really satisfied with the show, you know, leave a leave a review on iTunes. Five stars would be very much appreciated. Be awesome. Send us a, a a DM or. Let us know how we're doing. If there's any topics, any questions that you that you want us to cover, just let us know. Don't hesitate. We'll respond very, very fast, and we'll give you guys a shout-out. Yeah, we appreciate all the support, guys. Thanks again. Thanks for listening, guys.